Kamigawa, a land of myths and legends, a plane of spirits and mortals, a place of the past and future, whose story hasn't been visited in over 1,000 years. The Kamigawa of Neon Dynasty is suffused with artifice, technology, and advancement in stark contrast to the feudalistic nature of saviors of Kamigawa, and much has changed since we last visited the Plain of Kami. Hey lore lovers, my name's Eric with the Lorebarians YouTube channel, and welcome to the latest installment of our Finding Flavors series. New magic sets, their accompanying articles and story archives, paint vibrant pictures of what the essence of the sets and their locales are. But with hundreds of cards printed in each set with dozens of flavor text and innumerable pieces of art, many of them miss their chance in the spotlight and fall through the cracks without our lens passing over them. So today we're taking some time to revisit these forgotten stories and tidbit treasures as we go through a set review of the upcoming Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. But before we begin, I'd like to make a couple of announcements. First, the channel has just reached 30,000 subscribers. This is a staggering number and I'm blown away daily by the wonderful support I've received and great conversations I've had with such a wonderful community. So a huge thank you to everyone out there that has lent their support. This month also marks two years since I created the Lorebarians channel, and I got to thinking that many of you know nothing about me. What better way to celebrate two years than to collaborate with everyone who has supported me and create a community-driven Q&A or AMA video? So post your burning questions and things you're most interested to learn about me, my content, and the channel as a whole. Feel free to post in the comments or send me an email. I'll collect questions over the next couple of weeks and combine them into a single video. I look forward to reading your questions. And a big thanks to my Patreon supporters who are helping me grow and improve the channel. I couldn't do it without their spectacular patronage. Alright, time to suit up and jump into the pilot seat as we take a ride through the future of Kamigawa. Let's dive in. The original Kamigawa block had a cycle of five dragon spirits, manifestations and guardians of the five regions of Kamigawa. Yosei, the Morning Star defended the plains surrounding Eganjo. Kokusho, the Evening Star, overlooked the dark swamps of Takanuma. Kega, the Tide Star, stood vigil over the school of Minamo, while Yugan, the Rising Star, protected the dense Yukai forest. Finally, Ryusei, the Falling Star, flew high above the mountain peaks of Sokenzan. These great Ryu, or Dragon Spirits, acted as stewards and guardians over the lands that represented their color of mana. When the Kami War broke out 1,200 years ago, most were killed in the conflict or in the following decades, but their essence remained and still held power, represented in the abilities that triggered upon their death. The only dragon spirit that remained was Ryusei, who continued to defend Sokenzan. When Yugan was revived by Yukai monks to defend the forest centuries later, it realized that the plan had changed much since its death, and that the dragon no longer held a strong connection to the land. Yugan realized the dragon Kami needed to be reborn to adapt to a change in Kamigawa. To this end, it gathered the essence of its fallen siblings and placed them in a protective egg at the base of Buseiju. When the egg hatched, five new dragons were unleashed, reincarnations of the old dragon Kami with new purpose and newfound strength, granted by a restored connection to the plane. They're represented in the cycle of dragon spirits in Neon Dynasty. Eo, the dawn sky. Kairi, the swirling sky. Atsushi, the blazing sky, Yunji, the midnight sky, and Kura, the boundless sky. Though their reincarnated forms bear different names and appearances, this cycle of dragon spirits is similar to the first. They each represent a single color of mana and are deeply tied to the regions rich in their respective color. 
They also each have abilities that trigger when they die. Powerful blessings and boons granted to those that revere them, and to showcase the fact that even though their body may be destroyed, their essence is an inherent part of the plane. Over ten centuries have passed since the original Kamigawa block, a vast expanse of time that separates the Kamigawa of the past from that of today. Several sagas are present in Neon Dynasty that represent the bridging of time, the connection between new and old. Many of the characters and events from Kamigawa's history are immortalized in the rich tapestry of myths and legends, shared in written word, spoken word, and decorative frescoes or reliefs. A cycle is a cycle of sagas tell the stories of legendary characters that played an integral role in the Kami War and shaping of Kamigawa's history. Azusa's Many Journeys, Machiko's Reign of Truth, Life of Toshiro Umezawa, and the Fall of Lord Kanda all highlight an individual's unique story surrounding the Kami War and what befell them. Another cycle of sagas informs us about the centuries after the Kami War, how the plane recovered, and how the world of today came into being. They include the Era of Enlightenment, the Restoration of Iganjo, the Shattered States Era, and the Modern Age. These stories tell of the tumultuous past of Kamagawa, how the Empire was founded, and how technology became dominant on a plane of spiritual tradition. Others yet tell of flashpoint moments centered around specific characters that had significant, albeit narrower, consequences for Kamagawa's history. Some of these sagas include Hidetsugu Consumes All, Yugan defends the temple, and behold the unspeakable. Kamagawa's history is rich and storied, and it's an absolute flavor win that such tales are related to us in the myriad sagas printed within the set. But this set wouldn't be Neon Dynasty without highlighting the amazing technological and artificial advancements the denizens of Kamagawa have made in the centuries since our last visit. This futuristic vision of what a plane in the multiverse can be is supported by the bevy of artifacts, vehicles, and progressive experimenters that suffuse the set. Central to this idea of a developed world are the Futurists, an organization of artificers and scientists that wish to break from the tradition of the past, that wish to free themselves from the kami and feel continued advancement through technological breakthroughs. In the flavor text of Essence Capture, we can hear the purpose behind the Futurists' mission. The Futurists regard the tradition of kami bonding as anachronistic and inefficient, striving constantly to surpass spiritual power with technology. We can see their efforts on display in the vehicles printed throughout the set. These machines act as transport, arms, and armor for the factions that exist within the modern age. But the artificers of Kamigawa have taken things one step further, They've created a new type of artificial enhancement, which is seen in the equipment cards that carry the reconfigure ability. Reconfigured equipment represent powerful artificial augmentation individuals can attach to themselves to gain the upper hand against foes or to complete a particular task. What makes these tools so adaptable is that in an instant they can be removed, disassembled, and reformed into an artifact creature. Allies both small and large deployed to assist their owner in any way imaginable. In addition to reconfigure, comes a new mechanic that cares about modified creatures. This represents individuals who have cybernetic enhancements, who ride swift and deadly vehicles, or who have otherwise made technological revisions to their own bodies. Modified creatures are the premier fighters of a cyberpunk world in which tech is king, and only those with the latest equipment rule the streets. 
In stark contrast to the futurists are the traditionalists and those in tune with both nature and the spiritual essence of the plain. Though Kamigawa has changed significantly in the 1200 years since our last visit, its cultures are deeply seated in established customs and many have resisted or outwardly condemned the world of today that has forsaken the traditions of their ancestors. There are still powerful kami that exist on the plane, and in fact, the spirit realm and mortal realm are merging together. Soon there'll be one plane, and this is represented in the enchantment creature type that is fairly common throughout the set. Some of these enchantment creatures are kami, spirits of objects, lands, and even ideas that meander across the plane or are drawn to specific locations and emotions. They include the cycle of Goshen Tai shrines and cards like the Vector Glider. Other enchantment creatures are those traditionalists that revere the kami and the customs of old, and so have been granted a boon by the spirits they restlessly defend. We see this in cards like Weaver of Harmony and Sky-Blessed Samurai. The flavor text of Greater Tanuki illuminates the subject and reads, The kami permit few mortals to dwell in Yukai Forest, but the clever, playful Tanuki are welcomed as friends and guardians. It's the conflict between new and old, progress and tradition, spiritual and technological, that rages across Kamagawa and leads to much tension for its denizens. And now, it's time for the section that is fast becoming my favorite of the set reviews, the flavor finalists. This set has been most challenging, as Kamagawa is bursting with flavor that connects players to its storied past and its bright future. After analyzing the set and dissecting the lore presented in the cards, these are my top 5 picks for most flavorful cards in Neon Dynasty, and we'll begin with number 5. Starting us out is the green legendary creature Kodama of the West Tree. This legendary completes a cycle of Kodama spirits, each representing a cardinal direction that began with the original Kamagawa block. The Kodama are powerful nature spirits that reside within Yukai Forest and act as stewards over the various regions of the massive and dense thicket. Originally seen as benevolent and benign, the Kodama turned violently aggressive during the outbreak of the Kami War, and although their temperament has settled some, they are staunch defenders of the Yukai and will tolerate no harm done to it by outsiders. Kodama of the West Tree values the hunt above all else and lives by its creed, survival of the fittest, which is why it grants its blessing to the largest, most brutal creatures of the forest. It harbors outright hatred towards the city of Tuashi and its denizens for the technological advancement they represent and their drive to push the boundaries of Yukai ever backwards. The West Tree's ability to search up lands in the deck is a callback to the popular card Kodama's Reach, which shares the role, and its art illustrates the extensive influence the Kodama have over Yukai Forest. Number four on the list is the green enchantment saga, the Dragon Kami Reborn. This card relates to us a tale of tragic loss and glorious rebirth. Many of the old dragon spirits perished centuries ago defending their realms during the Kami War. Of them, only Ryosei remained alive. When an Oni attack threatened the mortal realm, Orochi of the Yukai Forest resurrected Yugon the Rising Star, and together with Ryosei they defeated the demon spirits. But Yugon realized their connection to the land grew weaker over the centuries, that the dragon spirits would have to be born into new forms adapted to a changing Kamagawa. This saga highlights Yugon's journey to collect the spirit essence of her deceased siblings in the first two chapters of the saga, and place them into a magical egg, represented on the flip side of the card. 
The art itself depicts the five dragon kami in their reincarnated forms, with Yugan's second iteration of Kura, the boundless sky, appearing in the center for her role in the dragon's rebirth. Truly an awesome tale. Coming in at number three isn't one but two cards, the cousins Yamazaki. Heiko Yamazaki, the general, and Norika Yamazaki, the poet, are descendants of the legendary brothers Yamazaki, two samurai that turned from their service of Lord Kanda during the Kami War to defend their village from spirit attacks. The brothers were inseparable and identical, their only discerning feature being the armor they wore into battle. Their bond was represented in their ability to ignore the legend rule. Centuries later, their descendants make an appearance in the cousin's Yamazaki, a flavorful throwback to the original block. Disillusioned with the strictures of imperial law, Heiko finds herself within the swelling ranks of the Asari uprising, which pits her against her cousin and childhood friend Norika, who remains a member of the imperial forces. What really cranks the flavor up to a hundred is the fact that these two cards, unlike the brothers, don't reference and aren't connected to another. This is to show that Heiko and Norika's familial relationship has been severed and they forsworn another to pursue what each believes is just. The strain of differing ideals is felt in their flavor text, which reads, I prefer to let my sword do the talking. And, the blades will have their say, but peace is built with words. Number two on the list is the black and white enchantment, Spirit Sisters Call. The card is a subtle reference to the Sisters of Flesh and Spirit that appeared in the novels of the original Kamagawa block, the name for the merged essence of Kyodai, the offspring of Okagachi and soul of Kamagawa, and Machiko Kanda, the first emperor. Through their powerful connection, the two destroyed Okagachi and did the Kami War and sought to redefine how the spirit and mortal realm would interact over 1,000 years ago. Though the essence of the Sisters of Flesh and Spirit dissipated with the death of Machiko, Kyodai continues to share a powerful bond with each successive emperor, granting them abilities beyond a mortal and bestowing sage wisdom. The art and ability of the card depict the spirit sisters' mastery over both mortal and spirit realms. A creature of flesh is sacrificed to return the spirit of one who has passed back to the world of the living. All right, coming in at my top spot and the overall most flavorful card of Neon Dynasty is one that depicts an event so integral to the story of Kamagawa that its legendary tale has survived over a millennia and is still shared to this day. It's none other than the enchantment saga, the Kami War. This saga tells the story of the conflict that erupted across Kamagawa 1200 years ago and set the spirit realm against that of the mortal when Lord Kanda of Iganjo's hubris led him to steal Okagachi's offspring from the spirit realm to increase his own power. This infuriated Okagachi, and as the kami of the barrier between the two realms and greatest of all kami, it launched a bloody campaign against the mortal realm to possess that which was taken once more. The kami war and its fallout represent a fulcrum, a turning point in the history of the plane that affected all of Kamigawa, and its scars can still be felt today. The five-colored saga is the same manacost as Okagachi, the vengeful kami, printed in the Commander 2017 product. Similarly, its first chapter shares the ability to exile non-land permanents with the dragon spirit itself. On the flip side, we have Okagachi Made Manifest, a creature that shares the original power, toughness, and keyword abilities. To highlight its mastery over all five colors in the plane of Kami, Okagachi Made Manifest can recur a card, pump itself, and cause an opponent to discard a card. 
Tying everything together is the brilliant illustration on display on both sides of the card by artist Kieran Yanner. And all of this is why the Kami War has earned its place as the most flavorful card of Neon Dynasty. Thanks for watching and listening to this Finding Flavor set review. I hope you enjoyed our lore-driven breakdown and review of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. This set's flavor was quite rich and perfectly tied together to stories of old in our last visit to the plane and those that unfold in the current day. I'm excited to get my hands on some of these amazing cards. But now I want to hear from you. Let me know your review of Neon Dynasty. Did it hit or miss the mark? What cards make your flavor finalists? Let me know if there are any cards I miss that you think have great bits of flavor, which cards you're most excited to see printed, as well as suggestions for future videos in the comments below. And now I want to give a very special thanks to my Patreons that are helping grow and improve the channel. The support means so much to me and I really appreciate their generous backing. And if you want to learn more about the Patreon community we're building, check out patreon.com slash thelorebarians to learn more. And again, thank you all so much for 30,000 subscribers. I hope to continue to deliver the best content I can to all of you. Until next time, go forth and explore the lore.